Welcome to Raw Female, a podcast that offers an unfiltered look at women in midlife. We're your hosts, Chris and Allie. So I met Stephanie about 15 years ago when I went in for that horrific pregnancy rash, <laughs> if you remember, which ended up on being on my big toe oh, at the very starting end. Starting there, working so, its way. That, it's the the mm. list of is long yeah. over the stuff it's I had pleasant. with my pregnancies, love. Uh, including the brown spots and the melasma that showed up <laughs> after I gave birth. I think that was literally being a raw female. That was being yeah. a raw yeah. female. Yeah, remember definitely. me screaming, I'm unrecognizable. <laughs> So I went in to see her, and I just loved her ever since because she really, she definitely helped me through all of that, but she also kind of offered a wide variety of medical advice for just my regular skin checkups, but also my aesthetic stuff, which let's be honest, as we're aging, these little things are coming up more often. Um, I'm not, I don't like to be as intrusive with myself on the skin stuff, but I did want to get rid of the brown spots, which you know, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and I did want to get rid of that nasty rash, which actually went away on its own. I mean, there was nothing I could do about that one. Um, But I think she's been really great all along as we've actually, as we've all aged, she's really helped me with that. Right, And And there's a lot of stuff that comes up. I mean, as you age, as your skin is aging, I, you know, I talked to some girlfriends and, you know, there's the moles, there's the skin tags, there's the hair, there's There's the the dehydration, there's the dehydration. And then there's the medical stuff. And I got to say, when I went in for my annual checkup for the first time with her, I was surprised at her, should we say thoroughness, Yeah, which we'll get to and which is a big deal. Which is a big deal, which I'm, I still am shocked that we don't consider our vagina and the surrounding areas part of your skin. Right. That is that's right. important. Right. Part so, of your protocol. Who's looking after that? Who's looking yeah, after well, that? Turns out Stephanie. Stephanie's is. All, all right. on that. So I can't wait to get to the interview with her. Let's get to it. Welcome Stephanie. Well thank you for having me. We love having you here. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. Let's get into it. So I'm thinking first, maybe you can give us an overview on how a woman's skin can change as she ages, both from a, a medical and a cosmetic perspective. Well, I think a lot of times that can go hand in hand because we see mm-hmm. it from a cosmetic standpoint when our skin ages as well. Um, our skin loses estrogen as we age. Um, yeah. Yeah, we feel our, that. Makes I, our skin a little thinner. Yeah. And drier. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, uh, Definitely a problem Our sebaceous glands, which are oil glands, become oh. less active. Oh. Okay. Though, interestingly, we can also have acne flares. You know, I talked with some friends of mine who have that. Mm-hmm. And like acne yeah, on your acne, face? Yeah, I've gotten some yeah. on my hairline, Lisa and yeah, I, my uh-huh. other sister. Yeah. We've had that. Yeah, That's jaw, from... Jawline? Yeah, oh, jawline. Yeah. And it face. feels like also sometimes deep in there. Yeah, mm. cystic. What's that? Cystic acne. Mm. So is that specific to the, hor- the you losing some of that hormone? Well, it just is a shift in the hormone okay. activity. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. We should d- drill yeah, deep on yeah, that. We'll circle back to that. While. There's some good treatments happen. for that, though. Okay, okay, good. We'll talk um, about that. We begin to lose fat and bone, but not fat <gasps> oh, in the places that we no, want. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Because you know what? They're, okay, we got to talk about that then. Because mm-hmm. I've got a friend who is so trim, and she has no facial fat. Uh-huh. And so she's worried that her face is right. like it's falling support. and wrinkling. Yeah. And I have the total opposite problem, which I talked well, to you about, yeah. That's the other thing. Then you get 
more belly fat. Yeah, I've got the belly fat, but I got the facial thing right. and I'm losing. So yeah. the joke so, is you lose it where you don't want yeah, it and you gain no, it where no, you don't I want know. it. Yeah. Well, and don't you get okay. a little like hot, like I'm not seeing underneath my eyes mm-hmm. are just a little bit more sunken than yep. they, uh, hence probably why people do injections, right? That's why right. they do the filler yep. to kind of reconstruct things, yep. Yep. which and we'll get into. Yeah, All absolutely. right. So we got okay. that. Um, yeah. Our blood Vessels become more fragile, so we can see all these little dilated blood vessels on our face. We also can start seeing the signs of all those years ago of sun damage, so brown spots, wrinkles. You know, people say, I haven't been in the sun in so many years. Well, it takes a few years to see it, so. So when you get sun damage, does that... That that's basically what we're seeing now, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, correct? When we're older, mm-hmm. yeah. it's all the the damage that we've yeah. done. It just takes that long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And oh. then we have different layers of our skin. So our kind of top layer called our epidermis, it begins to thin out. And our stratum corneum, which sort of sits on top of it, gets thick. So our skin looks a little dull. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And then we can have and things. Sloughing. <laughs> we'll talk about sloughing <laughs> agents too. <laughs> Yeah. Things can, you know, as you yeah. brought up about sort of our um, our reproductive health. Um, estrogen also influences oh. our our vaginal mucosa and things oh, like that. We so. definitely need to dig deep on that because the, I know that I saw your website. By the way, mm-hmm. there's stuff on there. <laughs> so, all right, vaginal. You mean vaginal rejuvenation? Yeah, stuff? that. Yeah. And, well, just, yeah, you know, you yeah, lose estrogen, yeah, you know, you yeah. can become more dry. Yeah, and, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. All right. So, so that's Yeah, a lot fun. of different changes can happen. Our hair can become thinner. Mm-hmm. We can start getting more facial hair. Yeah, what's going on there? Is that a hormone It's thing? a hormone thing again. <laughs> I told my Nasty mom. Nasty hormones. Oh, I told my mom I was not going to pluck her facial hair, her chin hair. No, she shaves now. I think she actually shaves that's that That's the kindest her- thing you can do because then our eyesight starts to go yeah. down. <laughs> Jeez. So is there a way to address the hormone shift? Uh, obviously, there are many different ways. I'm sure you can. But are, are there ways that you address the hormone change minus the, you know, uh, as far as like Botox or fillers or what what advice? We may be in a little bit of a gray area, but well, what advice no, do you have? This is we're probably a little bit more into the gynecology yeah, focus. Okay. But you know, years ago when we used to offer women hormone replacement therapy, our skin probably looked better um, because we were taking hormonal yeah supplements, you know, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But that okay. you know had some health that risks has that health, go yeah. along with it, so it's still offered. But yep. you know, you sort of weigh out the pros and cons with your gynecologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have ways to address. You know, some of the things that come up Mm -hmm. from cosmetic standpoints. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Yeah. And, you know, as far as the acne goes, um, sometimes, you know, we can do medications that block the male-derived hormone Mm -hmm. um, called our androgens, which deal with Mm -hmm. acne. We can block those hormone receptors and we can control the acne. And so that can be a really great treatment for, Mm -hmm. for women dealing with cystic acne and acne in our later years. So what does, if we're just talking about medical dermatology, Mm -hmm. what does a screening look like? Like, what's a screening look like that you do in your office that's specific? Well, I can talk about my skin cancer screenings that I offer. You know, everybody Uh does it, I suppose, differently. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I try to kind of look at as much as I can. 
So, you know, that's really from stem to stern. So, you know, I look at the scalp. Um, I look at all the skin. So that also includes the mucous membrane. So I, you know, try to look at people's lower eyelids inside their mouth, although the dentists do a great job. Um, I do look at the vulva skin, not the vaginal skin. Mm-mm. The vagina goes inside. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you can see things. Um you can also have autoimmune diseases. There's something called uh, lichen sclerosis atrophicus mm-hmm. that initially just has a bit of a whitening of the vaginal mucosa um, or the vulvar mucosa. Um, but if it progresses, it can actually cause scarring and itching and has a very small increased risk of a type of skin cancer in the area called squamous cell carcinoma. So when mm. I've picked it up, a lot of times the women didn't even know that they had it. Um, oh, they didn't have any symptoms at all? Not yet. Or- Sometimes initially the mm-hmm. symptom can be itching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you want to get it before it progresses because if it progresses far enough, you lose all the architecture there. And oh. so you don't really then see the differentiation, the differentiation between the inner and the outer vulva, the clitoral head. Oh, and so, okay. Because yeah. I think we think that, we assume that our gyno is going to cover that, but well, I don't they might. think that's... And, you know, now um, with some women, you know, may go every few years for their pap smears, there's a little bit of a misconception that they should only see their gynecologist every three years. Um, And that's not true. You should be seeing them every year. But, you know, I think Uh, also things can happen over, you know, what if you saw your gynecologist nine months ago? Right. Right. Things can happen. Right. Right. But you you feel like somebody needs to, a a woman of our age should go and get a health check with with somebody like yourself for your skin, just as right. a regular annual I checkup, think, yeah, correct? Absolutely. You know, my okay. higher risk patients, you know, I see a little bit more often, maybe twice a year. But you also can see melanoma in the vaginal yeah. mucosa. It's, you know, it's mm. rare, um, but it can happen. And mm-hmm. when it's found, it's usually at a later stage because it's just not an area that we look at as often. Right. Um, there's also a type of a high risk virus that's part of the HPV virus mm-hmm. that can also happen in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and moving down the body, you yeah. know, I think it's good to look between the toes, bottom of the feet, in the scalp line, and just, you know, have somebody can kind of look at areas that are harder to see. You know, right. as much as I encourage women to look at their back and the back of their legs, it's not always an easy angle to see all the time. Is right. the, I don't want to say, is it trending, but are there certain things that you've noticed over the last like 10 years um, that you're seeing more of, like the lichen sclerosis or something. Um, no, okay. I mean I, I do feel like we are seeing a bit of an increased risk in melanoma, and okay. studies have shown that as well. Um, you know, that's actually not the most common skin cancer, and I think people come in just kind of thinking that is, and so they're just looking for weird-looking moles. Mm-hmm. And what we see more of are things like basal cells, squamous cells, precancers, which are these atypical cells that have a small risk of evolving into a squamous cell carcinoma, and they're from sun damage. Um, So a lot of times when we find something like a basal cell, people don't even know that that's something that they should be looking for. So, you know, maybe a little pearly bump on the skin, something that bleeds easily, maybe slightly tender. People come in saying, oh, I have this pimple. It's been there for like six months. It won't go away. Or this little sore on my leg that won't go away. Not thinking that that could be how skin Mm -hmm. cancer presents. And do you think that is that yeah. specific? Do you think because we're in California and so we're no, I think exposed, that's across the country. Or is that across the I country? Mean, Colorado, you look at high oh, altitudes. I can see that. Yeah, okay. they right. get a lot of skin cancer, but certainly growing up, you know, near the beach, yeah, being outside a lot. You know, do Florida, you, Arizona, they have tons of skin cancer. What would you? I mean, obviously, the obvious answer is going to be sunscreen, but 
for for the, our younger audience? <laughs> like, what should they be doing to try and ward that off? I mean, I know I tried. I'm sure you did too, Chris. I tried. You know, I tried to wear a hat everywhere I went, which is, you know, kind of hard to do. But what do what suggestions do you have in well, that um, arena? Certainly starting the younger the better. Um, there's always the other question that people ask about, don't I need my vitamin D? Mm-hmm. The American Academy of Dermatology says supplement it um, rather than just, you know, get it through the sun. But um, certainly sunscreen. I like the mineral sunscreens rather than the chemicals. That's my personal preference, um, like the titanium dioxide and the zinc oxide. And you say that at, for every day, correct? Yes, because even if people are like, oh, I'm in San Francisco, it's foggy. Well, that only filters the sun maybe about 40%. Right. So we're still getting, and there's other, there's environmental damage, which can damage our skin, all the pollution. So I do think starting with sun protection, and that also can be, you know, it, I totally appreciate it's hard to reapply sunscreen, especially let's say you're at the beach, you're outside for long periods of time. It is good to reapply it every two hours. Um, but also sun protective clothing, and there's so much sun protective clothing that that's seems to now. have changed over the last ten years. There seems to be fashion trends yeah. of you know I see people in long shirts yeah. now, the long yeah, kind my, of sun shirts now. Yeah. My daughter, well, we didn't have that when we were yeah. growing up. My obviously. daughter's a horseback rider, and they'll spend you know eight hours outside at a horse show, and they make these special, which you know I've actually recommended them to my patients. Anybody can get them. But there are the special shirts that give you an SPF of 50 or UPF of 50. Um, and, you know, they actually can be really cool yeah. as far as, you know, they they apparently lower your body temperature about three to five degrees. Oh, and wow. it's funny because she actually prefers wearing long sleeves now. She said it keeps her cooler. Wow. That's, yeah. that's cool. So is that a good alternative to sunscreen or do you have to wear sunscreen and then put the shirt on? I actually I think never. If you have a special protective shirt, I think that's enough. You're good. Yeah, hats. Um, yep. Also, you know, seek out shade. Mm-hmm. So you know, take an umbrella, sit under a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, not pick the most intense times of the day to be outside, which is ten to two. There's also a supplement called HelioCare. Um, it's made from a fern found in Central and South America, and it protects against free radicals. But they've done some studies where you take it as a supplement, and it actually gives you more of a systemic photo protection. Oh, and you can get that in the pharmacy. Not heard of that at wow, all. Wow, that's, that's interesting. Away. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that the uh, that people are less um, sunbathing now? Like it's that we've, we're educated, hope, but I don't think we're so. educated. I, I mean, still Chris, have patients come in and they're like, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I just went to Mexico, and they're super tan." Right. No, so but when, I mean, we dedicated ourselves to Hawaiian um, tropics. We did. It's sunrise in the tropics. Tan accelerators. Use Hawaiian tropics sun care products and make friends with the sun. Land oh, the band is so late. Do you remember? Oh, yes. We used to spray oil. I don't think on kids are doing that now. Well, that's um, the question. Are you seeing that? They, I'm or? seeing. I'm seeing. You know, especially I have an office in the financial district. I do see a lot of younger people like in their 20s coming in for their skin cancer screening, oh, which I never, I never would have thought about no. at that age. Wow. But they're, you know, they're just hearing about it and they're coming in and they just want to get checked. And so I do think um, the the philosophy towards taking care of your skin and being wise about it is changing. Yeah. You know, I ask people, are you using sunscreen? And most people are saying yes now. Um, I ask about tanning beds because that's an independent risk factor for skin cancer. I can't even believe those still exist, mm. but they I do. guess they do. They do. 
Um, most people who report doing it are doing it years ago. It's not as many newer, you know, younger people doing it. I hear about it every once in a while of people currently doing it, but it's not as common, I think. One would hope. At least no one's one's telling me. Oh my gosh. Let me just um, go back to make sure that we covered... um, sort of the thorough medical screening, because mm-hmm. I think we made it down to So, toes. you know, I have people get undressed, and I kind yeah. of just, as far as I know, everybody has their certain order that they go through. I mean, you're taught kind of pick your order, that you examine the skin, and don't ever stray away from it, or you'll forget a part of the body. So people are always like, can I ask you about something on my face? I'm like, I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> ask me when I get there. You know, so, I always think of as a patient, I'm a chatty patient, and I occasionally think, ooh, I may be throwing them off their game. Oh, uh, I think I you to learn just, to sort yeah. of disassociate. Okay, okay, You good, kind of can good. like listen with one ear good. and okay. focus on <laughs> what you're doing. your doctors are learning to manage you now, yeah. Chris. <laughs> That's my guess. Totally, totally. <laughs> Most of the people that I know that do skin cancer screenings look at everything that, you know, they can kind of see reasonably. Right. And certainly, you know, I have people come in and we always ask them, you know, this is what we recommend because things can happen anywhere on the body. And we're not just looking for things that are cancer, but we're looking for things that are atypical that may cause other problems for you or may put you higher risk for skin cancer. So we always offer people a full skin cancer screening and people obviously can decline an area that they don't want examined. You know, we don't want to defer, I mean, uh, deter people from coming in to have their skin cancer screening because they are embarrassed or they don't want to show every part of their body. And that's fine, you know, as long as they understand it's an option for them and why we recommend it. Right, right. And then in terms of if you find something or early warning signs Mm -hmm. that you, guidance that you give to your patients, you mentioned like the little pimple that hadn't left or whatever, anything. I think some of it's just education. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are like, I had no idea I could get something there. Yes. Or I'll have a patient come in who has a friend, you know, who's had something in an unusual area and they want to make sure that we're checking in that area. So, you know, um, I think there was something on, I, I, I don't have a TV, but something on House MD or one of the doctor TV shows where someone had a melanoma in the vulva area. And so I had a few patients coming in after that show was on going, oh my God, I had no idea. Do you check everything? (laughs) So Yeah. Oh, that's pretty scary. That's scary. I had a friend who complained to me that she and her husband go to their dermatologist for their yearly checkup every year. And she was annoyed because they never check between my toes, but they always find something they want to take off. (laughs) And I I was like, huh, I don't know how to respond to that. (laughs) Well, we take off stuff to check it if it looks concerning to us. I'm big into, you know, sort of if someone has a kind of funny feeling about something on their body, I pay close attention to that because very early melanomas can look pretty normal and it can just be a very subtle change. Like it's just the one that keeps drawing your attention. It's slightly itchy. It just looks a little different than the others. Um, They can look really pretty normal. So if someone's like, I don't know, I just keep looking at this one. I'm like, okay, we're taking it off. And I've had a lot of times that it's turned out to be a very early skin cancer. Wow. And do they typically present as like what we would generally call a mole? Um, as far as melanomas, yeah. usually they're pigmented lesions. You know, okay. there's a 
a type of melanoma called amelanotic melanoma that can be more pink, um, not have any pigment to it. So they can sometimes look like what we think a basal cell can look like, more pink. Okay. But a pigmented lesion is... With color. With like color. Brown. Like brown. Uh-huh. So that's like... So a mole must be a technical thing. There must be a, a melanocytic. A, mal- <laughs> a melanocytic <laughs> lesion. A Hashtag mole. Moly, moly, moly. But we have other things yeah, that can yeah. grow on our skin as well that aren't yeah. technically moles. There are things called seborrheic keratoses, which are these kind of brown, waxy, stuck-on growths that we can get as we get older. Yeah. And people go, I could peel it off, and then it comes right back. Interesting. Well, Paul had, do you remember, Paul had a little thing on his eyebrow, kind of circling back to what you said it, things looked like. Like mm-hmm. if a patient says, like, this is kind of bugging me, uh-huh. he had that. And it was on his eyebrow, so you couldn't really mm-hmm. see. But it but- kept... Yeah, he could just like skin cell. You could just see it kept getting dry. So that could be an actinic keratosis. So he actually went in. He didn't go to your practice, but he went to a different place Uh because I said go because that there's something going on. It keeps. It's not whatever it is. It's not going away. He had. I don't remember what it was called, but it. But he had to have it removed. They said no. We need to get that off of there. Uh And so I think just. I think there is something innate in you that says there's something like this is bugging me mm-hmm. on my body, this little thing, mm. whether it looks like a dry skin patch or mole-like thing or whatever. I think that is a good sign to go in. I think that's really oh, a takeaway. I mean, I've had probably five basal cells mm-hmm. and they're not, I mean, I couldn't see them just based on the location, but my hand just kept going there. And I was oh. like, God. It's like every time I touch that area, there's just a little sensation. Interesting. And they were really hard to see, but I'm like, I'm going to mark it, and you have to biopsy right in that area. And sure enough, that's, and what, that's it what it was. And that's what it was. So whenever wow. I have a patient who's like, there's just something about this one area that just gives me a weird sensation when I touch yep. it. You're like, I'm going yeah. to you listen to that. you. Yeah. It's kind of your yeah. intuition, your gut telling you something. I think people know their bodies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that's an abnormality that's mm-hmm. been kind of bugging them, probably I, I subconsciously. Think it's, yeah, it sends a message to our brain like a little red flag. Interesting. I think that's a great takeaway, by the way, because I do think there are little yeah. things that happen yeah. as you get older yeah. that you kind of ignore or right. you think you're ignoring, but you're not ignoring Well, that. and I have to say, my, my patients are also, I've noticed a trend in that getting much better about looking at their own skin. Because I think that's one of the most important things that you can do is just look at your own skin, like like doing a self-breast exam every month. Do a self-skin check every month or with your partner. Um, hmm, you that know, just be look, kind of fun and yeah. exciting. Just look at each Teamed other's with skin. with some products. <laughs> okay, just diverting. I've been married for 30-something years. I got to like... You know, mix it up, make mix it fun. Up my mix game. it up, make yeah. it fun. It's time yeah. for skin tag night. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that not sound sexy no, at all? Oh, good. Oh. So any, let's talk, wait, wait, let me just oh, ask yeah. real quick. Any any other thing that we want to like? Any other main medical before we turn to the cosmetic mm-hmm. situation? Any other medical things that we need to kind of tune into? I mean, I know you could go on. I and could on. go on and on. Um, there, and you're throwing out some very fancy words, mm-hmm. by well, the way, that you. I kind of feel like I want to put in the show notes. Well, here's my other little thing for people who may be at risk for skin cancer. Um, there was a study a few years ago, and um, about taking a vitamin B complex called nicotinamide, that it found to reduce down the risk of basal cells and squamous cells by about twenty five percent. 
Wow, that's big. So, that's yeah. a big, big number. Yeah. So, um, so I do try to recommend that to my patients who have had a few skin cancers. A, a B complex? Yeah. So oh. it's a vitamin B3 complex. Okay, yeah. great. We'll put that in the show mm-hmm. notes. Thank you for joining oh, us today. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. Join us next week when we continue our discussion with Stephanie, focusing on the cosmetic side of her practice. And for more information on the sisters, our marketplace, and anything we discuss on our shows, head to rawfemale.com. This episode sponsored by Tom Baroni, satisfying Karen for 35 years and counting.